1: Welcome to a new episode of the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 360. I'm Dan, and with me tonight we've got Scott. What's up? Everybody. And and Jared. Hello. And uh, at the Comic Book Pit, every week we read comics and watch some stuff, uh, usually but not always comic related. Here's a just a brief spoiler warning. We are a review show, so we take care not to give too much away about the books we read, but sometimes it happens. So that's your warning. Um <laughs> we've been, at
0: your own
2: risk.
1: That's right. <laughs> so uh, so how's everyone been doing? What you been reading? What you uh, been watching?
2: In the new normal.
1: Yes, yeah. the, the new normal where we are never in the same room.
3: <laughs> Not your yeah. normal. Yeah. <laughs> Is he watching? Watching? watching. Um, my wife and I are watching Six Feet Under. Oh. So, and then during the day, whilst working, I watch Dark Shadows. So, rel- current programming. <laughs> <laughs> well that's okay.
1: We just started uh I my wife and I started watching uh, Justified this week. Oh, I've seen at least 3 times. She's never seen it, but Did it's You guys so never watched. Good. It. Okay. It's so good that I'm I'm watching it from the beginning and I love Did
2: it. Did you record a uh, pilot episode for that?
1: No, because I feel like the first episode is without reproach. Yeah there's nothing there's I mean not not that you so, can't not that you can't review a good episode of something but it's much more fun to rev, to review something when it's crappy
2: mm, mm. um just just the uh, the trivia for that episode though is that it was filmed here in Pennsylvania it was? was actually yeah yeah it was actually filmed up at, well some in Cannonsburg area like down that way and then also up in um uh, I forget that town but up above New Kensington up in uh Catani and Katani. Oh was, my! Really? Yeah that that courthouse shot where they're crossing the bridge in the intro. Yeah, that's that that's the courthouse.
1: No kidding.
2: Yeah, and you can almost see it from the highway, but it, but yeah they they framed it. Yeah, the whole show was shot here in the area, and then they pilot. Moved, the pilot was, and then they moved everything south,
3: like to another state, of west. According yeah. to uh, the internet. Oh, Los Angeles, in Pittsburgh for the pilot.
2: Yeah, there you go. Because I'm um,
3: much that's like crazy.
2: The, much like the Dukes of Hazard, you know that you know Atlanta, Georgia looks exactly like you know <laughs> California. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> that I was really that cool. was funny. was oh, Sand dunes in in Atlanta? That's weird.
3: <laughs> but yeah, learn something new. And yeah. relevant to our program. There you go. A little crossover
2: to the po- uh, podcast pi- piloting. Yeah, there you go. I got
1: the name wrong. Uh, the, the pilot season podcast.
2: Pilot season,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just in case someone you, you're wondering out there, that's a, another podcast that that my wife and I do occasionally. It's called the Pilot Season Podcast, and we review just pilot episodes of TV shows.
2: It's awesome. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're um, we're probably going to record one within the next couple of weeks. We've got one picked out, so. Nice.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. It was will I I'll I won't say what it is because actually I've never heard of this show before, but it, apparently this was years before Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, oh. Sarah Sarah Michelle Geller starred in a teenage daytime soap opera. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Jared is running to the internet right now.
1: Am it, it only it only went one season, uh, maybe like two or three dozen episodes. Uh, I'm guessing. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it was like a like a half hour teenage uh, soap opera.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Oh, it's called it was called Swans Crossing. Yeah. It,
3: oh, that's right. I remember that. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, except here's what it is. It is what it is. Where do you even? Oh, it's on Tubi. Oh, I love Tubi. Well, sometimes you got you, you you gotta sweeten the pot, but sometimes
2: you also just gotta give them, give them yeah. some, you know. Like so, come over Here, to the
3: 13 weeks the pilot, pilot season. But in that 13 weeks, they did a whopping 65 episodes. It's not bad. That's a lot. Like a that's like a cartoons uh, schedule. It is. Mm-hmm. You yeah. You're saying this was a five day a week show?
1: I'm guessing it was, I think it was oh, on. In, by, yeah.
3: Yeah. sixty-five, thirteen.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it was on in the afternoons, like a regular yeah. soap opera. Nice. So, yeah. So if you're interested and you can, uh, you can watch that and find us on the, uh, on cross, the interwebs and listen watch to our, it re-
2: cross <laughs> compare it to sweet Valley high. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, um, Jared, since you were talking about uh, your, you know, you, I know you were joking. You're talking about your, your new, you know, new television that you're watching. Yeah. 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 Um, I discovered, uh, d- did you guys know that there's a, such a thing as IM, IMDB TV? I'd oh. heard of it, but I've never indulged. I've, I've only been able to find it. And I'm, I guess this is, maybe you can find it other, on other streaming services, but I found it on the, our Amazon prime app. Or channel, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's uh, like movies and TV shows on there, but uh, I think they all have ads, which I don't normally care about. Um, I found the old uh, Spencer for Hire. Oh, wow. On there. <laughs> and man, Dude, I that's such, a, that's such a good show. Nice. That's a that, Spencer
3: that, for Hire. That's
1: man. some great early '80s private investigator yeah. show. And and it's really it's really cool. as I you know to, to keep the authenticity. Like I, I'm pretty sure the entire show is filmed in and around Boston, because that's where the characters from. That's where all oh, the story the stories take yeah. place in Boston. Yeah. And uh, you know you got Robert Ulrich as Spencer and uh, Avery Brooks
3: as Hawk. Oh man. Oh
1: man, he was so great.
3: Classic. Yeah. You know, there was uh earlier this year on Netflix there was a Marky Mark movie. Yeah. based on Spencer. Yeah. Uh, it Spencer. was an enjoyable picture. Now I don't know. Yeah, I think it was just called Spencer.
1: Spencer Confidential or something? Or Perhaps. Who,
3: Perhaps. Yeah, I, I don't, don't really recall.
1: But I actually it, wanted to watch it because it looked like it was just goofy fun.
3: It, it um I didn't realize it was Spencer for Hire at first. Mm-hmm. I think midway through I'm like, Is this Spencer for Hire? Um it it's it is what it is. I mean it, it's what you expect. It's a it's a Marky Mark movie. So, <laughs> and uh, uh, Claire Nost was in Boston accents.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, but the guy that plays Hawk was all I forget his character's name, but he was in Black Panther, right? Yes. He was, yes. He was. Uh, uh, he, was uh, the, uh, the he was the other guy. his like boyhood friend, the gorilla guy, I think.
3: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you're, you're right. Yeah, he was. He was oh. leader of the, of the gorilla yeah. clan. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it's fine. It, it wasn't terrible. It, it was, it was a good, um, like just pop entertainment.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's not Shakespeare in the Park, but you know, it, it was. It, there's worse ways to spend two hours.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't even get Shakespeare in the Park anymore. We get we get Shakespeare in the Park social distanced.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you get virtual Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Shakespeare on Zoom
3: do you guys have to do a lot of uh conference calls zoom calls with your with your uh employers how is the etiquette (laughs) people know when to use mute people know mostly yeah you know but some
2: people also like like to use their animals you know they're like oh is that a dog barking and then they're like yeah check it out and then they (laughs) You know, where a cat jumps in the camera and everybody's like, all
3: right, everybody stop the
2: meeting.
3: Headsets? Yeah. People use headsets because you can tell there's people that never podcasted. <laughs> you hear you hear people just pounding on their keyboards. Mm-hmm. You hear oh, yourself yeah. coming through their mic like, what's all that stuff? Like, I don't know. I don't hear it. It's because you're not wearing a headset. I mean, I, it's like I hear myself talking because you can't put a headset on. I hear you pounding your keyboard I, I, it sounds like horses are running through my head when I'm trying to talk here I'm
2: not I'm not gonna name any names here and, I, and I'd appreciate yeah you know, if you don't if you guys don't either but um, yeah I may have gone into the restroom with one of my co-workers um, <laughs> during a conversation we were having and I'm not naming names but I am saying that uh, we did collaborate on one comic book project at one time.
3: <laughs> I I heard one of our managers pass gas because he doesn't know how to use mute. <laughs> right. He he pretty much
2: was like uh this can't wait and I was like okay. <laughs> no, I mute uh, did not have to wait. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, well we're gonna keep this conversation real short. Uh, we
1: have a we have a weekly conference call and it's I, I dread them. I, I, I pretty much, I unmute it to say, you know, to basically say I'm here and then I mute it. And then I just listen to everyone talk over each other for about 20 or 30 minutes. And then that's
3: the end of it. Kind of got to treat it like a walkie talkie. Push yeah. the talk, you know? Oh, yeah. Over. Yeah. We, you, because of <laughs> our current project, we pretty much have like an all day long open call. Um, oh, okay. So that's why you just hear people just. that um, set I've the dog off. off. I've <laughs> actually been
2: been working with one of the owners of my company, like direct, on a project, and um. I gotta find
3: we, my mute. I'm sorry, Dexter.
2: Speaking of, no, but we've we've it? had <laughs> we've had you know five hour phone calls, you know while wow. we're working on a project that we actually just gave up on zoom and stuff. He's like, he's like, I'm just going to call you on my cell phone. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So like, we don't have to look at each, each other. We just put the phones on speaker and it actually saves our battery and saves, you know, the hassle. And, you know, and then we're, you know, and then we share screens, but we don't share video, you know, like, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of cool. So. Yeah.
3: That's probably the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But, uh, enough about that.
3: Yeah, and note to self: if there's a dog in your house, do not tap rapidly on any objects, because he is now convinced someone is trying to break into the house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, my my dog must hear your dog, because I can hear him downstairs barking at something.
3: <laughs> and as much as I'm like, it was me. He just keeps like looking at me and looking at the door and barking. He's, He's
2: like, like Why no, are you getting
1: that there's yeah. imminent danger here. <laughs>
3: It's gonna be, have to be like that episode of Mash where that lady has to uh, smother her baby. Oh, oh that's, god! That's, wow. That
1: was wow. That was that was like one of the wow. dark well, that was the final episode. That was one of the darkest ones.
3: Was that the final? I couldn't remember this one. Imagine being yeah. a kid. I'm like, hey, good old Goofy Mash, and then a lady I was like, what the hell is this episode of Mash?
1: Well, you know, like I I love Mash, and and when I you know started subscribing to streaming services all over the place, like one of the first things I looked for was mash and it, they had it on Hulu or I forget new Hulu or Netflix. I forget what doesn't matter, but I, I started watching from the beginning and I loved it and it was great. And then it got like the last, maybe the last two seasons or the last three seasons, like basically eliminated the laugh track. And oh, it was yeah. really weird. Yeah. Like the jokes were not like, were not landing. They were not fu- They were not as funny without the laugh track because you're just conditioned to that laugh track. And not only that, but like it, it was a different style of writing. It's like, I mean, you, you watch a show today, like the office or parks and rec, like a show, like so many shows. Now there is no laugh track, you know, like so many yeah. sitcoms, but back in the day in the seventies, like, Laugh yeah, track, live, was,
3: live studio audience. Yeah, a live or studio a audience were laugh track? I a mean, laugh like, track. Yeah, MASH yeah, wasn't in front of a live studio audience. No, right. <laughs> it the, was a single camera. I mean, I, as far as sitcoms go, I, was that? Uh, I'd imagine. I'm talking out my ass here. It probably was one of the first single camera sitcoms.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, it could have been. Yeah, but uh oh well but anyways yeah that that just got me like i, the, I really uh, took us down <laughs> yeah, yeah talking about, like mother and babies i'm like oh boy yeah <laughs> um great episode though great great probably one of the one of the finest final episodes of any tv show in television history
3: very very emotional mm-hmm. yeah when mash got heavy it got heavy I'm like yes. had a kid it totally threw me for a loop it was was he yeah, was like, "This is the, it was not what I was expecting." Yeah, it yeah. really. Yeah. How do you pivot the Klinger in a dress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was you know. I mean, everything changed after a while. Like, Klinger stopped wearing dresses. He, uh, he was promoted, I think, to sergeant, and then like, and the, I think in the, again in the finale, I think he got married to like a Korean, and uh. Which led into okay, who remembers Aftermath?
3: Oh yeah, I know it was a
1: thing. I yeah. I think I I mean I was a kid. I I remember it. I I. But like, the the conceit was that uh, Colonel Potter, Father Mulcahy, and Klinger, like after the war, all ended up working in the same hospital. I th- oh. and so that's how they kept it going. Is and, Jamie
3: Farr uh, still alive?
1: I think he is.
3: Has he been at Steel City Cons? <laughs> That's
1: why I think he's still alive. I, <laughs> I think one of the, I think last year or two years ago it was like it was Jamie Farr and um, Loretta Swit who uh, Hot Lips Yep. Oh, yeah. I think they were appearing at the same show and that you could do like a mash oh, yeah. like package.
2: Jamie Farr is 80,
1: 86 years old, and I'm pretty sure that uh, the guy that plays Winchester is still bopping around. David it, against against, yeah, he's still. I don't know if he's still acting, but I mean, I like think how you said that like we didn't all didn't
3: know his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, he died in 2018.
1: Oh shoot, that's a bummer. Do you know he played Martian Manhunter? Oh wow! In that um, that Justice League, uh. Pilot that you could only find at, um, like, uh, yeah, you could only find,
2: uh, yeah, from the vendors,
1: so. uh, poppies boot bootlegs boot at, legs. uh, on, yeah, at, at the
3: Comic
1: He was Martian Manhunter.
3: Wasn't he also the clock in Beauty and the Beast?
1: I think you're right. I know, well, Jory, Jerry Arbuck was the candle. Ding, ding, ding. And, um, <laughs> Angela Lansbury was the teapot, right? Yes.
3: Yes, he was.
1: And that's a lot like comics.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's our show in a nutshell. Yeah. And then we gracefully pivot to comics. <laughs> hey, remember when Mouse killed a baby? Well, at any rate.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. Good times. Um, hey, I want to talk about the uh, Savage Dragon 250 real quick. Oh yeah,
3: that. because not um, to unpack there. Yeah, well, I've been waiting. I don't <laughs>
2: read it. This is the only way I get to know what's going on. In it, so. <laughs> a dramatic
3: reading from Dan and yeah. Jared. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, um, well, to be fair, I don't read it either. I, I check in maybe once or twice a year because we get the you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to get review copies from Image. So thank you very much to uh, Image for, pr- for providing those. So um, I like to check in because I think it's still it, it's the only original image title, like from the original founders that's going from with the actual founder of that book, the Eric Larson. So um, a big, uh, big props to Eric Larson. I mean, first of all, 250 issues is no small feat. So, congratulations to him. And uh, you know, it's, Savage Dragon is not a book that I will ever read with any consistency because it's just not my kind of not my kind of book. But I give my, I have a lot of respect for him because that's that's quite an accomplishment.
3: I, on the other hand, um, as soon as they, every month when they send it to us, it I beeline right to it. Because <laughs> I forget, you know, we, we get these books for a long time now, and so it was out there for a long time. And I, forget, I think it's one month. I finally perused, it, and I was like, "Well, we, you know, I always kind of look at us like, well, we do have an obligation. They're sending it to us. I do feel that responsibility to to try and read this stuff. And I forget what made me check it out. I think it just was an nostalgia factor. Because I had. Like, the trade of that first four-issue miniseries from back in the day. Like, I had all the first Image books, like, except Savage Dragons. And so I ended up getting, like, the trade of those first four. So, and I always liked Eric Larson and Spider-Man back in the day. So, like, I, I had that affinity from the early 90s for it. So, I, out of curiosity, I checked it out. Um, it's, it's unique. It is unique. That's what I'm going
0: to say. It's unique. <laughs>
3: um it's very much it's it, it's it's turned into and so that oh, let me like put before i go if i'll say this and then back when we could go to comic book shows i would go through back issue bins and if i could find like old savage dragons for like a dollar or less or whatever i'd pick them up so i got like a little collection which i think you referenced last time we spoke scott yeah. it's not like a massive it, it's right it's building, but it's not that big and it's, it's just random ones. Um, oddly enough, I think it was going to get dice the further into the series I go because the print runs are going to drop. So oh, yeah, like it's weird. Like number ones, you can insulate your house with <laughs> Number like 175. That's where you're going to have to drop some ducats. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all that said, it's, It was always kind of like, had a bit of a TNA to it, but now it is like Skinamax. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's practically porn. But 250 was like, did, did have a little more TNA MP than it had before. (laughs) It was was like an error, like when I, I forget the two, what I think I've been checking it out for the last like 25 issues or so in our long, in our, um, the preview images we get sent, and some of those early ones, it was like, "Wow, this is like an anatomy lesson." <laughs> and like, here's all the bits. You know, like I said, <laughs> um, And then it kind of it wasn't like that way for a while. And 250 was kind of more like a little more T A P action. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, well, the thing that's interesting uh, is that you know Larson does the book in real time. So in this 250th episode, um, the dragon who is the original dragon's son, right? Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Malcolm dragon is quarantining at home with his wife. And what do they have? Like four kids. They all look like little mini dragons. Yeah. And so it's, it's essentially like, like, You know, like a chronicle of their time in quarantine, and a lot of it. A lot of it is, you know, Dragon banging his wife because apparently his wife is insatiable,
3: maniac. (laughs) Yeah,
1: she's she's. No, 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 like that.
3: I'm not saying that, but what? what, No, like it's part of her Uh, character. Oh, it's it's documented as her. Okay. Okay. Which, which is
1: fine. That's if if that's part of the character. The, the thing that just this was the the panel that that totally made me go like double yeah. take. I think, do you know the panel I'm talking about? I'm pretty sure I do. So there's the, the, the dragons laying on the bed and his wife is standing there and you just it, the camera is shot. Is the, the angle of the camera is between her legs, like a silhouette of her legs with she is literally dripping with excitement. Oh yeah, yeah, like there's this long. It's almost like like this viscous oh, god. something, like this long, like like an alien, like slime, like this <laughs> long drip. And I'm like, oh my god, that is just disgusting.
3: See now, Dan's clutching his pearls. Well, I'm not approved. I mean, That's it's just like yeah, it's another day at the another day at the office at of Savage <laughs> Dragons. It's just gross. <laughs> Like it just yeah I'm just grown used to it.
1: Yeah, well maybe yeah I guess I'm I'm not uh my 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 skin isn't as thick from you know because I don't read it enough but uh I well I, and I think the thing that doesn't help is and I get that this is an artistic choice and that's fine but you know and that the wife is an adult but she's a small Asian woman and she wears braces so and and she's not she's very slender. She doesn't have much of she you know I'm like god that's what are saying she's flat. Yeah. So like like she's very opposite of the the buxom female characters that Eric Larson normally draws. Okay. She looks like a 12-year-old. Yeah. Uh, and it's really off-putting. I'm like yeah. I I know he's I know that this character is not sleeping with an Asian child. But Hold on,
3: let it come in a frame. Oh, right. Can you see it there um,
2: Scott? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's kind of yeah, weird. there's Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, there
3: it is. <laughs> oh jeez. It looks like so, it was that an uvula and then someone's throat. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
1: So Yeah, so anyways, it, it was just just a few just some some artistic and story and choices like, that really
2: threw like instead of, instead of having some male, you know, hanging fruit there. He's like, what if I reverse it and have like some female,
3: you know. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Focus. There's your male hanging fruit. It's in shadow. It's like taste. Uh, oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. 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 It, it's not a lot of swinging dicks in the Savage Dragon. You would think fair <laughs> is fair.
1: Yeah. Hey, and, and you know, and you're right. Fair is fair. And, you know, throw, throw more dong in. I don't care.
3: It's very. But, this book is very much Eric Larson chasing whimsy. It's just like. Yeah. Boobs and butts and and mm-hmm. vaginas and monsters and gore. Lots of gore. Yeah. Lots Particularly of. Particularly in this issue. Yeah, this issue was just like the greatest hits. Yeah, I like. I mean,
1: to the point where the the kids get involved because a, a group of uh, villains attack the dragon in his apartment and uh, right after that scene
3: we just dissected.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were they, when they were just getting ready to have sex is when the uh, the villains bust in. And the kids actually get involved, and I guess they're all pretty powerful. Like they're all very strong. Like one of them literally tears one of the villains in half or something.
3: Well, one like punches a guy in the face and like explodes his head. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then one of them, I mean, I the,
3: the I kids find like that dude's head in half. Yeah, it's like a big mancha. It looks, looks kind of like the like the, the Demogorgon from. Uh, oh Street. yeah, and yeah. It's just like a big like verbal yeah, hit- mouth thingy.
1: Yeah, he's like he's literally has a mouth for a head. Yeah, um, and one of the kids gets very badly burned, but I guess they're they have like a a, a healing situation like, yes. like like the dad. And like um, and the 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 reveal at the end or the, the the final twist in the story is on the very last page. Um, the original dragon shows up.
3: Oh like OG dragon with the funky fin
1: yeah like he kind of have he has like a flat rounded fin
3: like he was drawn way back like in Megaton too yeah I was gonna say that was that was the
1: the, the Megaton looking
3: dragon isn't he so. dead though yes yeah 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 the savage dragon and that was in one of the first issues I started reading like two years ago um I don't fully know what happened to dragon like he some things. I think he died. Then he came back, and then he died again, like exploded. And then they showed him going to heaven, and there was like all these naked chicks around, and that was, <laughs> and that was it. But now, at the end, of, that was the, was the reveal at the end of this episode is that like that OG looking dragon came comes back, which is how you end an anniversary
1: mm-hmm. issue. And then, um. There was a, a ton of uh, backup material, most of which I just skimmed over. Same. Um, did not really, I didn't really feel like getting into it. it. looked some of it was interesting, some of it was not. So, I was really just there for the for the dragon, and all 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 their anatomy. Yeah, the yeah. dripping bees. <laughs> so, uh, but again, you know, hey, big. You know, congratulations to Eric Larson. I mean, I hope he does another 250 issues. I mean, it's not it's not my thing, but I'm I'm all for a I mean, a creator doing his thing. You know,
2: continue to hatch ideas. That many times, it's it's
3: that's quite a track record. So.
1: Yeah, well, and not only the the writing, but the art. I mean, he the, the, he's been doing the art since day one. So
3: yeah, that that's really the achievement is that it's 250 issues by the same. Yeah same, yeah. same singular. Well, I don't want to say same singular creator, but it's not like he colors in letters.
1: No, he still.
3: Uh, yeah, he he has a team, but, but if but you look at McFarlane, I think McFarlane, McFarlane just writes. his. He, I don't think he wrote them all, did he? he, he I don't think break. so
2: either. He now,
1: stepped away for a while.
3: Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of asterisks on Spawn, and then what? Serapis is the 300 with Dave Simon. Gerhard yeah. doing back. so yeah. i mean it's all of these things sort of need to be qualified when you start mm-hmm. talking yeah. about them right yeah but i would say if anybody is closest to the crown let's just say cerebus is the crown then narek mm-hmm. larson is he's close McFarlane's yeah. a carpetbacker oh
0: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> well, yeah i mean he didn't do it all himself so <laughs> uh, scott yeah. you want to go next
2: uh, sure. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, not falling far from the tree of, uh, you know, blood splatter and, um, you know, odd characters. You know, we got Robert Kirkman, uh, with his latest book, Negan Lives. So, um, all, all the things that you just said about, um, I'll just add for Savage Dragon, like all the things you said about like people get ripped in half, or getting exploded. Is why I quit reading Invincible, which was Kirkman's other, and it seemed like Kirk, that that Invincible may be the most similar in tone to Savage Dragon, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of cool. Here's another fun fact: um, they're actually launching it as an animated series.
1: Yeah, yeah, we um, I think we we mentioned on that on the show last week, and there, it's got a great it's got a great cast. I'm really yeah, excited. I,
2: yeah, I was actually. Yeah, I was like the voice of actors. I'm like, all right. But uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm also excited because I have the first sixty issues of Invincible.
0: Nice. You know,
2: which uh, yeah, which uh, I'll be happy to part with at some point. <laughs> um, you know, when the show hits hits its highs. Um, but I, but you know me and Walking Dead. You know I'm all I'm all in. I I was in that book from day one and I stayed all the way through. And Kirkman and Charlie Adler came back and they did a one shot book called Negan Lives. Because they basically had left Negan, you know, in a solitary um, existence. And And this is just sort of like put the cap on that. Like, you know, here's what he's been up to. Uh, and it's, it's not, it, it's it's good. Like, it's good in the way that uh, Kirsten is so good at, like, he just, he writes a little bit, you turn the page, you're like, oh, I kind of like this, turn the page. Next thing you know, you're halfway through the book and you're like, wait a minute, I, like, he just sucked me right in. You know, like, it's such a such a funny thing, um, the way he writes um, this stuff. And You know, he starts out with like, you know, Vulgar Negan, you know, right off the bat, and kind of, and then kind of gets more into his solitary and how he's kind of depressed now and alone, and um, you know, and then it goes from there, and um, he, and and he also kind of leaves it on a, on an, I don't want to spoil it, I know, Dan, you said you wanted to read it, but um, but it also kind of goes on an upswing at the end, like he he leaves it open that there could be more he's like hmm. he's like hey you know we could you know he writes in the back like Kirkman's like yeah we could do more of this if we wanted to but I, he goes I also think I left it in a place where you know you can fill in the gap and kind of figure out this is what he this is what he did you know with his time um, so it was, it was good it was really enjoyable um, there's a little there's also another little fun fact in the back of the book um, that Kirkman had revealed that uh, he was actually planning to kill Negan in one of the issues of Walking Dead. And Charlie Adler had actually talked him out of it. Of all.
0: Mm.
2: He sent the script over of, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Maggie. Uh, the issue, it, it's one of the later issues, but Maggie went out and found him where he was in a Existence and she pulled a gun on him, and the original script was that she just shot him and killed him. And um, Charlie Adler took, took offense to that. He wrote a long letter back to Kirkman and was like, I don't think you're doing the character justice, you know. That you would just, you know, he's like, there's not enough, um, you know, horrible characters that, that get to live, you know, and get to live with what they've done and regret it. You know, he's like, you're not, you know, so many characters in modern uh, storytelling, they just, they're the bad guy and they just get killed off. You know, yeah. but here's here's a character that has to live with his sins. And and all that compelled Kirkman. He's like, you're right. He's like, I'm going to rewrite it. And he rewrote it so that Maggie didn't kill him. And I
0: was like, mm.
2: whoa. <laughs> you know, so that was that was actually in the letter page <laughs> you know that was like in his little letter to the fans wow. <laughs> I was like that's, that's as much fun to read as the book itself so um but yeah I I, I think if yeah, I think for a, a one shot you know a fun little visit you know it's almost like a it's almost like how Breaking Bad did uh the El Camino or whatever that yeah, El yeah. Camino, the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little bit of a, you know, a sign off. That's kind of what this is. It's like, a it's Negan's sign off, you know, it's kind of the one thing they left undone in the book. And they're like, here it is. Here's, here's his story, you know, to write them off. So I, know, I liked it. I, I think if anybody likes, yeah, even somebody that doesn't really like, uh, you know, Walking Dead. They might enjoy just for um, if they like, you know, uh, wilderness survival characters. You know, <laughs> um, you know like uh, I don't know, People well, the, going to Alaska and survive. You know?
1: <laughs> no, well, and, and and the the cool thing about this book, this is the one that that Kirkman put out. Uh, free. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it cost it, it cost him to produce it, but he, but he sent it to retailers free of charge. Oh, okay. And you know, to help them uh, during the, the COVID crisis.
2: Right, because it does say uh, that it was supposed to be like a comeback to retail or something promotion, mm-hmm. because they thought we were going to be done with the COVID uh, pandemic by then.
1: Yeah. Because because it was only available in print. To my knowledge this is not available as a digital comic. Oh, okay. You could only That's the thing like they 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 want you to buy it from a retailer so the retailers make the money.
2: Okay.
1: You know, so that was kind of a cool thing that that Kirkman did.
2: Yeah. So yeah, if you can
1: Yeah, so if you can make your way to a comic book store and find it, then you, you know you'll 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 really be helping out. You know, the, the retailers will put that in their pocket. So that's, you know, that's good.
2: Yeah. That's cool. I did not, I didn't know that they didn't actually have to pay for it. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really cool. um, yeah. So there you go. Check cool. It out.
1: Um,. Sure. You had you had um,
3: something I, you wanted. I did have a book. I read uh, cancor by Matthew Allison from Adhouse Books. It's a very difficult to describe book. Um, from the back here, you know how that has a little like genre, like oh, yeah. superhero, sci-fi, horror. Huh. So that that's the mix here, and it's very, it's a very almost meta at times piece. Like there's two like narratives here. One it's in black and white and it follows like this uh, artist type character on a night out to a bar to see a show. And then it cuts to these um, unique looking characters that are kind of like superheroes. Some of them are based clearly off ones you recognize a little, little Batman looking character there. Oh, yeah. To tell. Later on, there's like a uh, Wolverine type character who, like, when he introduces himself, he says, i it's not I'm the best there is at what I do," but it's it's clear what he's talking about. Um, oh, because then when he pop, he has claws and they pop with the snip. <laughs> so, um, and it follows this one character as it goes on a journey. Again, I I couldn't even begin to tell you like what it's about and that's not an indictment of the story it's just this very unique and beautifully drawn piece of this character like on a journey and just the the other characters that he encounters along his way and it's just it's really cool you know it's it's and i i had bought i had bought um it was, like, self-published, and I had the, got the first issue, like, a year or two ago, like, online from the guy.
1: Yeah, I think I remember you talking about it on, on, on yeah. the show.
3: Yeah, so I think you talked about the first issue. So, that, this is the entire miniseries. It may have been, like, four of those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Wolverine characters, I'm great at everything I do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, in fact, this spread here, I'll show for you guys, kind of best like, displays. So you see that? Like, oh, yeah. And just how beautifully rendered it is and really mm-hmm. unique in its art style. Yeah. And, then, like, the color palette is just really well selected, and the print job is amazing. And then, like, I come over to this other page, and that's the, uh, like I so said, the artist uh, character, which feels a little auto-bio in ways. Man, that though his parts are in black and white. And just the the unique look. I mean, the character's got no eyes or noses or anything, they're just so ugly looking mm-hmm. and stuff. And I mean like the guys are like forearms and whatnot. Yeah. And then eventually very... there is some cross yeah, it what's the, what yeah. adjective were you going to use? I would say it's very visceral. Like very that, that's a very good word for it. Yeah. Like there's this page here where it's kinda of like an organic like spaceship. It just comes yeah up wow. up. How detailed that is and everything, um, even the smell of the book, like it smells good. Like it just, <laughs> the whole experience reading this book was top notch. I guess my only complaint is that like the glue must have been a little fresh on the binding because as soon as I opened it, it cracked a little bit. I don't know if you. That's a oh good. yeah, that's. So a if bummer. I read this too much, I'm probably gonna have to get a new one because I'm gonna read it to pieces. Yeah, but just. The art is is stunning to look at. The coloring is beautiful. It's just a weird, quirky story, and you know we're talking about Eric Larson and Chase and Whimsy. Like this thing too is just an artist just telling, you know, drawing what he wants to draw. It looks like there's a lot of fun being had in creating the thing. It feels like there's a lot, you know. So when you read it, it's a very interesting. Uh, piece to look at and to read and to take in. Again, if I tried to explain the story, I could, I'd get lost. I talk myself in circles. <laughs> but uh, it, it it was just really cool and just a little something different.
1: Cool. That's yeah, it looks really interesting. I think I'd
3: like to check yeah that out. yeah. I, I highly recommend it. And this is, like I said, Adhouse uh, put together the collected edition. It's funny, there's like a little like afterward, and the artist is like, uh, please be aware that while I took great pains in presenting a factual document of the time in my life depicted in this book, there are a few sections where I felt would be better serve the story to change minor details. Now, I showed you the book and how off the wall it looks. And then when he highlights them, they're like um, uh, there's a scene in which I walk, walk past a woman on the street who calls me cowboy. As my making my way home from a bar, and I showed you that page. Uh, while a woman like that existed, she did not live near me at the time. I placed this comic. Like those are the things. Uh, like, just that humor there. Yeah. Like like a, like a like
1: a like a weird disclaimer. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like I drew myself with no eyes, no nose, and four arms. But what really didn't happen was like this woman wasn't here at that time. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that I just thought was really.
1: That's great. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Small touches like that really kind of enhance the whole experience.
3: Yeah, and uh, dude's on Instagram, and and you can check out his artwork there. And he does like commissions of like Marvel Comics characters and DC stuff too. So you can see those uh, familiar characters in his unique style. Just fun to look at too.
1: What well, uh, what was his name again?
3: Matthew Allison. Okay. And I think on Instagram it's like Canker Guy or something like that. I mean, I'll have to look him up.
2: Anchor
3: was a um, master of the universe character. <laughs> Stinkor. Yeah, Stinkor, Anchor. Anchor, C A N K O R R on Instagram. Cool. I think there's a uh, Wolverine versus the Reavers when you the focus. And eh, it's not coming into focus. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, okay,
3: oh. yep.
1: That's awesome. Oh, cool. Yep, I found him. Okay, cool.
3: Um, oh, look at that. Do one real quick, dude? Oh
2: yeah. Oh, nice. Um, you know that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll send it to you. I'm always a little uh, hesitant when it comes to uh, licensed properties or um books based on tv shows movies etc especially when it comes to uh star trek comics because i'm very uh very protective of star trek probably the way like scott you would probably be you know of a of a star wars book you know you're very
2: as much as i can though
1: yeah i mean yeah <laughs> but, but but you're very it's almost like you're you're hyper aware oh yeah like like you really want them to get the th- you know it's like okay, I don't want you to do this, but if you're going to do it, I want you to get it right. Right. So, um, a new star Trek, deep space nine comic came out. And, um, if you don't know, deep space nine is my all time favorite star Trek series. I've probably watched it, the whole thing from beginning to end five or six times. Um, and, and the comics have always been pretty subpar. Uh, I think, probably most Star Trek comics have been pretty subpar overall. Um, so uh, again, going back to, you know, the, the fact that we get these uh, review issues, um, we got a copy of the first one from IDW and it's uh, the title of his uh, Star Trek, deep space nine, too long a sacrifice. And it's written by Scott and David Tipton, who I believe are either one of them or both of them are, like Star Trek novelists and, uh, the art by Greg Scott color by Felipe Sobriero and, uh, letters by Neil Yuatake. And this is, um, this is a story that takes place in the, in the later seasons of deep space nine. When, uh, when they got their new uniforms, the, the black and gray with the colored collars, um, and this is a um, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a mystery. It, it, it's very much focused on on Odo, who is the the chief of security. He's the constable, played by the uh, incomparable Rene Auberjonois, who I believe died last year, which was really sad. Oh wow! Um, he was great as Odo. Um, but there is a uh, oh, this is taking place during the during the Dominion War so so uh tensions are high on the station as you can imagine and then there's a bombing in one of the restaurants in which um a couple of the characters you know barely you know barely make it out and so that's the mystery and it's a mystery that you know we're just introduced to in the first issue and that that odo is tasked with um you know working on and um it's it's great on a couple of levels first it's it's a it's written really well as a as a mystery. Uh, it's got a little bit of noir to it as you know Odo as the like the dogged investigator and uh, and it's it's written as a really great Star Trek story like it like the, it reads like the story and dialogue read as well as an episode uh, would be. So I was very, very much relieved when I read this book because it was—it's it, like we're getting a lost episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, which is, uh, which makes my heart happy. That's cool. Because um, again, if it was a a terrible version of, you know, a, a terrible story that came out of that from that franchise or from that from the D space nine family, I'd be really bummed, but, uh, this is really good. And I think it's just a four issue series. So, um, definitely going to keep, keep reading it. Um, the, the art is really good too. It's it, and it's, it's one of those things. And I think we've talked about this a hundred times on the show where when artists, um, it's like a fine line between, um, getting a character or like an actor's likeness just right for, for a comic where, you know, they, they, they want to draw it well enough. So you recognize the character, but not so well that it doesn't look like it's a screenshot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and uh, Greg Scott does a really good job of portraying the characters. Like he gets the features right. So, you know, they, they, they look like the characters without looking like, looking like he, he, traced it so so yeah so if you're a if you're a ds9 fan then i would definitely recommend um too long a sacrifice you will not be disappointed and if you are let me know and we'll talk about it will <laughs> talk you down
2: nice. um I'll just mention this this one very briefly, but I um, went to um, because you you were talking about likenesses and stuff like that. I actually picked up an issue of the old Thundercats comic from uh, Star Comics. Oh wow! I bought it at half half price, half price books. Interesting. I just I just saw that cover and I was like, man, I gotta I gotta look at this. You know, I gotta. Um, it was by Mor- uh, Morgan. Just the, I don't know the first name, but I know he did a lot of, you know, the adaptations back in the the day um, with Marvel. And it's just one. I, I don't know why I was just like, I need to look at an old Thundercats comic again. You know, like sometimes it's just weird. You know, you find inspiration in weird places, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes reading these old books gets me, you know, kind of. Um, jazz to draw and stuff like that too. So mm-hmm. I hear you. Sometimes that's all I wanted to say about that one. It just seemed like a good place to throw it in there. <laughs> um, that being said, I I, I picked up this uh, this other book called Sacred Six, and I I don't know what I was thinking. I I think because I saw that Jay Lee did the cover, like he did one of the variant covers, and okay. I was like, you know, there's some some sexy women you know they look like they're about to fight you know maybe get into some trouble you know and it's like sacred six and I'm like oh that sounds cool that's a cool name and I opened it up and like the art is awesome it's um, it's actually illustrated by Jay Lee and Gabrielle Ibera and um, and written by Christopher Priest and I'm like this looks you know I just flipping through at the, sh- at the comic shop and I'm like this is cool I'm going to check it out well then when I get home and I start reading, I realize it's actually, um, it's like a vehicle book for um, Dynamite's cat, like all all their, um, you know, bad girl books. Um, Oh. Yeah. Like Vampirilla, Draculina. They say, and they say them real small on the cover here. Panther, Nyx, Chastity, and Lilith. And then they're like, good, evil repeat. And I'm reading this and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like <laughs> like literally you, you read a couple pages and it's like I guess it's like character intros and then then they just come in with another character and and it's one of those deals where you got you gotta you gotta appeal to new readers too. You can't just count on your base to know what's going on, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This book does nothing for a new reader. Like this does not there's no way in for me. Like, I don't know who's who halfway through the book. I'm like, was that Vampirilla? I don't even know. You know, and I feel like I should know who she is, Just you know, but there's nobody like with a red swimsuit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. You know? So, um, I, so I'm, I will not be buying the next issue. I'll just say that. <laughs> I mean, the art, The art was awesome, but I just had no idea who was, who was what, what was going on. And,
3: you know. Well, if you don't mind watermarks, it is one of the preview books we get sent. So. Oh yeah. So maybe I'll just see if it tries
2: to get, you know, keep cohesive at some point, but Mm -hmm. I really felt like.
1: Yeah. Save yourself a few bucks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm, Well, I might just save myself some time too, you know, just, I mean, there you go because the the cover's awesome. The art is awesome and it looks like it's well-written, but I have no idea. I feel like this is not written for anyone besides the people that already read their stuff. And that's, you know, that's, that's a problem with a lot of comic books. You have to be, Mm -hmm. you have to always assume you should always assume that someone new is going to read your book.
1: Wasn't that uh wasn't that a famous uh editor wasn't that like Jim Shooter's like Yeah edict? like every well, issue is somebody's first issue?
2: It's the old Marvel it's the old Marvel edict, like that's why they introed that's why they always spent the first two pages introducing the X Men every in every issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the new writers came in and said, Well, people are smarter than that. They shouldn't be you know that's why we'll just have a black you know, like that black uh, recap page. And we'll say what's going on. And then we can just keep writing our story and we don't have to worry about stuff like that. And and to me, I always felt like that was like, you know, the writers were like, we don't want to bother, you know, like recapping. And it's like, yeah, but you're missing out on the format, you know, like the form, you know, comic form. So you're, you're trying to write long form in chunks. And, you know, so which one is it, you know, you should write, You know, if you're gonna write a a monthly book, then you know, write a monthly book. You know, just like, hey, this is where we picked up last time. You know, Mm -hmm. like some TV shows. Last time on Agents of Shield. You know, and then they'll (laughs) give snapshots. Yep. You know, at least. But yeah, that's kind of my rant about that.
3: I have a rant to throw on top of that when you're done. Uh oh. So I was looking in the folder. And I was like, oh, there's the Rob Liefeld Snake Eyes book. We'll look at the pre-review copy. Uh, I opened it up. It's 77 pages. The first 42 pages are variant covers. 42 variant covers.
1: Clearly, clearly you didn't listen to last week's episode when I I, I ranted about it, too. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's
3: it's pretty crazy. It's not awful, but... I'm like 77 pages. This is a big book. No, no, it's 42 pages of the covers. Why, mm-hmm. are, they, why are they in the front? Like That's where covers go, front. Scott, in the front. I guess.
2: But it's also like the door thing where you keep, it's like a nightmare where you keep opening doors. And <laughs> yeah, you you never never
1: it. yeah, it really was.
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: and
0: some
1: of them, I mean, yeah, I mean, that being said, I mean, yeah, definitely unnecessary. And to have to scroll through all those to get to the story, yeah. some of them were pretty. Were pretty good and some were just like okay that's snake eyes that's storm shadow that's whatever
3: oh there's the same image with the tr- with the cover dressing and there's the image without yeah
1: yeah you you definitely get yeah get a lot of that
3: go to hell idw <laughs> <laughs> see that's
2: why that's why listeners need to hang into the second half of our show Yeah, you know because that, <laughs> that's
1: well, what we start. start yeah yeah we start letting it fly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, well, just so they keep sending us comics and we stay in their good graces, I actually have a good thing to say about IDW. Uh, specifically, uh, real quick, uh, uh, my last review would be for the final issue of a book called The Kill Lock, oh. which I think I talked about earlier. Um, it's a six issue series story and art by Livio Ramondelli and letters by Tom B. Long. And it's a set in the future. And the idea of the the book is, um, these four robots four different robots. They like, they each have their, it's almost like a cast system. Like one is called the artisan. One is the laborer. One is the kid. And one is the wraith. And the wraith is like a soldier. Um, each one of them was uh, sentenced and uh, to punishment and banished from their home world, and the four of them, um, their their punishment is is the kill lock, in which their their programming is linked, so death for one means death for all. So they're kind of stuck with each other. It's it's like that, like the old uh, movies where two convicts are are handcuffed together, you know. Oh yeah. But in this case, um, the uh, they're linked together. I mean, they they're not. You know, they can move freely, but if one of them dies, they all die. And they're they've been working on trying to find there, there's a um, rumor to be a cure, or uh, that where they can get the kill lock removed. And uh, so that's what they've been, you know, working towards in the entire series. And this issue, you know, comes to an end. And I I won't really give you know really talk about the ending because I feel like it's, I wouldn't be doing it justice. You really have to read the, the entire six issues because um, I was stunned at how well this was written and drawn in a way to make me care about four robots <laughs> that um, they, they really uh, like how they, they emote with really w- without showing any emotion. Like they have no human features. I mean, I mean, they, 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 are, they're like humanoid, like they, like the arms, legs, head, whatever. Um, but they don't have true. Tradi- a lot of them don't have traditional faces. Like there's no eyes or mouth or noses. Like, but just the way they interact with each other and the personality that each one of them has due to the, the type of robot robot that they are um, again, and, and, and how those, different uh, casts interact with each other. Um, really just amazing. Um, I, I you know I think I just read the first issue on a Lark because it's, it has a kind of a cool sounding name and, and the art looked pretty cool. It looks like it's kind of like this like painter, like a painted style. Um, and after the first issue, I was like, Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta read more of this because this was just like nothing I'd ever read before. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it, I'm, um, happy and sad. I mean, it, I'm sad to see it end because it's, it was a, it was a great story, but it, you know, I'm happy because it was a great story, you know, <laughs> it was just, uh, and it was different. It was something that, you know, in this day and age, it's, you know, the, the old adage, like there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, that that's that goes double when it comes to comics. I mean, when, when you can find something that's truly unique um, and really grabs you, like you should like, you know, Jared with, with Kanker, um, you know, you should really savor that. Uh, I, I thought the kill lock was an amazing series. So I would uh, recommend it. And it's uh, six, six solid issues. That's all it is. So, um, we're a little, <clears throat> little over an hour. Does anyone have anything well, else?
2: I'm actually wrapped up. I, I had, um, I'll just show you guys this real quick. Cause it was pretty cool. But I, um, half price books, they're open, you know, for browsing. And I got this Frank Cho poster book. Oh
0: neat. Nice.
2: Um, it's got, it's got a whole bunch of his art, mostly from the Harley Quinn series. I got this for like $12, you know, it's like, you know, cause it's half price books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I can't say no to that. <laughs> so <laughs> I brought that home. Um, and I also brought this other book home that I haven't really gotten to yet, but, uh, it's called how comics work by Dave Gibbons and, and Tim Pilcher. Hmm. And it's like their how it's like their how to draw comics kind of.
1: Oh, I didn't.
2: It's wasn't aware <laughs> that
1: he ever did that.
2: I wasn't either. It's pretty awesome though. Um, just so you can okay. see the cover there. Nice. But yeah, it's, Great cover. It's pretty awesome, you know. And I was like, uh, Dave Gibbons did a, you know, <laughs> teaching me teaching me how to do better comics. Okay.
1: Yeah. You know? That's my arm.
2: Yeah, so I grabbed that too. I think it was like five bucks. I'm like, all right, I'll take that. Nice. So, yeah. Good day out, you know. Masks on, browsing, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing.
3: That's <laughs> why well, a quick shout out. So, that 50 year old soap opera I've been watching um, is now doing a storyline with a parallel universe or an, or an alternate universe. They call it <laughs> a parallel. parallel. They found a room, and the, they so they live in this giant mansion. They closed off the one wing of it. They find a room in the other wing that when they they go, sometimes it's uh, they open the doors and they see what they call parallel time. And it's another uh, reality where they see versions of themselves and then the vampire. Uh, sometimes he'd open the door and it's just an, an empty room and sometimes it's you know the other reality, but he can't walk in. So he walks into there. the inner, and he turns around and he's in the other reality. So now the vampires in parallel time. Hmm. Nineteen seventy, ABC was a soap opera. Oh wow! Vampires, werewolves, uh, time travel. Sounds, um, sounds like. In, sounds
2: like Inspector Space Time on Community. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it all back around. It.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Inspector Space Time and Reggie.
2: Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Where are we? But when. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, anything else before we wrap up?
2: No, that's all I got. That's it.
1: All right. Well, <clears throat> oh man, I am losing my voice. Goodness. <laughs> that's it for this episode of Comic Book Pit. This has been episode three sixty. I'm Dan, and with me tonight we've got Scott. Good night, people and jared see ya thanks for listening and we'll see you next time